The Lord be with you. And with your spirit. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Mark. One of the scribes came to Jesus and asked him, Which is the first of all the commandments? Jesus replied, The first is this, Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God is Lord alone. You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, and with all your strength. The second is this, You shall love your neighbor as yourself. There is no other commandment greater than these. The scribe said to him, Well said, teacher. You are right in saying, He is one, and there is no other than He. And to love Him with all your heart, with all your understanding, with all your strength, and to love your neighbor as yourself, is worth more than all burnt offerings and sacrifices. And when Jesus saw that He answered with understanding, He said to him, You are not far from the kingdom of God. And no one dared to ask Him any more questions. The Gospel of the Lord. As we celebrate this 31st Sunday in Ordinary Time, the tabernacle candle in the church burns this week in loving memory of Mary Milton and Baba Broussard. We invite you to put your All Souls Day envelopes, the purple envelopes, in the collection basket today in order to have your deceased loved ones remembered at the All Souls Day Masses this Tuesday, November the 2nd. We also invite you to place the spiritual bouquet cards for Father Hill's retirement in the collection basket today as well. And if you haven't picked one up, we have them at the, uh, on the tables by the exits of the doors. I certainly encourage you to offer a gift of prayer for Father Hill in gratitude for his uh, great ministry that he has exercised here. The Knights of Columbus are selling football squares in the vestibule after Mass today. This is for the LSU games against Arkansas and Texas A&M. The Mass schedule for All Saints Day and All Souls Day is, uh, for both days, 6 a.m. Mass, 12 noon Mass, and 5.30 p.m. Latin Mass, with confessions available before each of those Masses. Typically, All Saints Day will be uh, a day of obligation, but being as it falls on Monday, uh, the obligation is not binding. But it is certainly a wonderful investment opportunity. Uh, when, whatever come, when one comes to honor the saints of God, all the saints of heaven, uh, it's a smart thing to know that uh, to honor them is to know that they will be uh, interceding and continuing to watch over you as well. You may also have noticed that there are a few extra servers in the sanctuary today. We have a very solemn low mass uh, here at 8 a.m. mass today. And we're grateful for the seminarians of our diocese, uh, those who are at Notre Dame Seminary and the Theology Studies, uh, who are with us today. Uh, they're coming to represent the seminary in gratitude for, uh, for your generosity and the gifts uh, that we made for, uh, for the hurricane relief efforts. Uh, so uh, Joseph Bresselar, one of our seminarians, will be speaking at the end of the mass uh, to respond and time. And it's gracious to have them with us here today and I encourage you to, uh, to pray for them, continue to pray for them, and pray for more holy vocations, and uh, I presume they'll be in the back after Mass so you can greet them personally. In our reading today, the second reading in the letter to the Hebrews, we have the invitation to reflect upon this difference between the high priest of old and the new high priest. Jesus Christ. It's an important thing to reflect upon this. 
to recognize that there is a priesthood that is exercised in the body of Christ. And it's not something that is entirely new. Rather, it has wonderful roots. But there is a distinction between the two that we hear the writer to the Hebrews tell us. That the new high priest, Jesus, has no need, as did those priests, the high priest of the Old Testament, to offer sacrifices day after day, first for his own sins and then for those of the people. He did that once for all when he offered himself. The new high priest has no need to offer sacrifice day after day. And as we recognize this fact, which must necessarily be true as it is contained in the sacred scriptures inspired by God, two questions ought to arise within our minds. One, why am I here personally? Why is Father Brent, the priest here, if we have one high priest? Secondly, why are we here at Mass, the holy sacrifice of the Mass? If when our Lord offered himself on the cross, it was the one perfect sacrifice that was done once and for all, and he need not, we need not have a sacrifice repeated day after day. How do we reconcile these things? A very poor explanation might be that we as Catholics just simply ignore the Bible and made up our own priesthood and our own sacrifice. That would be foolish. Rather, is to understand that the sacrifice that is offered is the one sacrifice, and the priesthood that is lived even in the church today, some 2,000 years later, is still the one priesthood. It is for us to go back a bit, though, and to reflect upon this fact of sacrifice and of priesthood. Sacrifice is a fundamental thing for the human heart in relation to God. All throughout history, in the Christian religion and the Jewish faith, and various other faiths all throughout the world that had no connection with each other, it seems, uh, and so other than existing, in all of these places, sacrifice is offered. It's said that one could put a human person separate entirely from their culture as an infinite. If they were raised up at some point, they would begin to sacrifice something to someone. In various places, as we see certainly in the sacred scriptures, that grain would be offered, or animals would be offered, small birds, medium-sized animals, full bulls would be offered. In some places where the understanding of sacrifice and a relationship to a god uh, was corrupted by satanic influence, we see the sacrifice even of human persons. But in all of these things, there is something that is sacrificed. And this is an important thing for us to reflect upon and understand, is the aspect of sacrifice shows us two things. First, the human person knows deep within our heart, whether we like to realize it or not, that we depend on God, that we are determined by Him. And secondly, that the evil that we do or the evil that we experience requires some kind of death so as to atone for these things, so as to make things right with God, either on account of sacrificing something to be able to fix my relationship that, where I sin personally, or to be able to, to say that something is wrong and something needs to be offered up, a, a bit of a cross, so to speak, as we could use Christian language, needs to be embraced. Something needs to die in order to reconcile us with the one God. 
No matter the culture, there was always an understanding that we are dependent upon something greater than us, and this something greater than us requires of us a sacrifice that we ourselves cannot effect. It is the sacrifice of so many things. All throughout history, we, again, we hear these sacrifices, but specifically in the Old Testament, we hear a whole variety of sacrifices that the Lord God himself demanded of the people. That he would say for certain feasts, one would offer grain. For other feasts, one would offer oblations or libations of wine. For certain feasts or for certain, uh, for certain occasions or sins, one would offer a sacrifice, a couple of turtle doves, as in the presentation of our Lord. That one would offer bulls and goats and lambs. To recognize this is to know that the people of Israel offered many, many sacrifices. Hebrew tells us it was a daily sacrifice. Ancient writers can attest to the fact of the bloodiness of the temple in Israel, that it was basically hemorrhaging blood continuously, day after day after day after day, and greater or lesser extents running down the hillsides. Peta would not be impressed with the amount of blood that was shed, commanded by God. And yet all of these things fell short. And this is, what the, this is what the scribe speaking to our Lord says today. All the offerings, all the bullocks, all the goods, all of the things that we ourselves can offer, they do not satisfy. We need something more. We need something more. And the something more is provided by Christ. Again, we could offer all the sacrifice we wanted. We could sacrifice anything in this life and it will not pay the price that is owed to God. It will not satisfy our debtedness to Him. But the sacrifice of Christ can and does. Our Lord Jesus, who is, as the prefaces of the church, speak to us at once. He is priest, altar, and lamb of sacrifice. He is the one who comes to lay down His life, to sacrifice not something outside of himself, but to sacrifice himself and thus to become priest and victim. He lays down his life as the one sacrifice that satisfies all. No matter how many bulls we could sacrifice in this life, it will never amount to even a single drop of the precious blood of Jesus. And this is the power of the one sacrifice of our Lord is that he comes to satisfy this gap between us and God, to be able to bridge us to him. This is something, again, that we cannot do, but we must rely upon him, and he graciously does it. He who came down among us, stripped himself of his heavenly glory, became one of us, and climbed upon the cross to finally satisfy the thing that decades and generations and centuries of sacrifice had hoped for, all of them pointing forward, looking forward to the day that God himself would do the thing that we can't. This is the one sacrifice. And because our blessed Lord is the eternal word, because he is God in flesh, the sacrifice that was made once for all has eternal implications. And in a certain sense, because he is eternal, 
His one sacrifice has been lifted up into eternity. And this is where we come to the fact of Holy Mass, that we come here to participate in that one sacrifice offered so many years ago for us. This also is where we get the one priesthood. Our Lord, on the night before he was betrayed, broke bread and gave it to his disciples. And in telling them to do this in remembrance of me, he was simultaneously ordaining them and giving them the grace and the ordination of their hearts, the ordering of their own hearts, to be able to do these things and to say these things. Every single priest who participates in the priesthood of Christ is a priest only because of the priesthood of Christ. It was frequently given to us at the seminary. I don't know if it still is. It was given to us at the seminary that if we, that, that we are not our own priests, that we are priests who participate in the priesthood of Jesus. If Jesus' priesthood somehow went away, I am nothing anymore. I am never even a bit a priest. Of old, the Old Testament, it was a hereditary thing. Once father was a priest, you passed it down, so you were a priest. It was a generational thing, age after age after age, that these things would be offered. But the priesthood of Jesus is one, it is singular, it is eternal, and it is his. The priests of the church today simply participate in it in some degree, greater or lesser, whether one is a deacon, a priest, or a bishop. And this is the fact that at every single Mass, when the priest utters the words, this is my body, it is not Father Brent or whoever may be the celebrant of the Mass who says these things personally for himself. It is Christ using the voice of that priest to exercise his priesthood here and now to affect once more the presence of the one sacrifice. When the priest baptizes, it is Christ who baptizes. When the priest confirms or when the bishop confirms, it is Christ who confirms. When the priest absolves, it is Christ that absolves. And when the priest says, this is my body, this is my blood, it is Christ saying to us the same. Our Lord is the one who celebrates the sacred liturgy and truth. He is the one exercising his priesthood through those to whom it is entrusted to be essentially his voice box, to be his hands, to be his feet. And we make present that one sacrifice offered 2,000 years ago, the sacrifice of the cross. It is not that we come here day after day for daily Mass and we sacrifice Jesus again. If that were the case, I would never have offered Mass in my rest of my entire life. Our Lord died for me on the cross once. Why would I want to do that to him every single day? That would be foolish. This is not the case. It is a making present once more, that same mystery. Again, because Christ is eternal, because he's the eternal God, the sacrifice of the cross is still lived in some mysterious way which we ourselves can't wrap our heads around in heaven. This is why we understand that when we come to Mass, we come to heaven in a true sense. In a very real sense, we come here and as the prayers are offered, we are lifted up into the heavenly glory to be able to participate in that one sacrifice offered by Christ on Calvary. We are at Calvary and we are at heaven simultaneously every time we come to Mass. It also just so happens that we are there and we can't see it because it's as if there's a very thick, thick veil that prevents our eyes 
from seeing the glory that is around us. Because if we saw it, we would die of joy, every last one of us. The Lord veils our eyes here and now, but allows us to participate in a small way for a few moments in the joy of heaven where we have communion with God. This is the gift of the Mass, the holy sacrifice of the Mass, wherein we do not sacrifice our blessed Lord again, but participate and receive the fruits of that one eternal, beautiful sacrifice. It is here that we come week after week, day after day, and allow the blood of Jesus that is poured out over us to continue to, to cleanse us from our sins and to strengthen us in his grace. It can truly be said, as the message of divine mercy tells us, that there are oceans of mercy. The oceans of mercy poured out upon us as day after day, thousands and thousands of priests throughout the church pour wine into a chalice and pour it out into themselves. The wine that becomes the precious blood of Jesus, indeed making oceans all through the world. It is this that we come to receive salvation and God, the grace of the Lord, the fruits of Calvary. They are not something simply resigned to the past. They are here and they are now. And this is the grace the Lord desires to offer to us, the gift of everything that we could ever ask for is here, available at this Mass and at every Mass. Salvation redemption, mercy, grace. The fruits of the cross are abundant, and they never cease to be outpoured in this world. It is for us to come to receive them, to open our hearts to him, to say yes to the one high priest, to say yes to his cross, to say yes to the grace that he desires to offer to us. May God grant us this grace today to come and to encounter this great mystery, to rejoice that we are in heaven.